Hello, and welcome to the 39th episode of the Cue It Up podcast, the only podcast that has never tickled Emmo. I am your host, Jared. To my left is... Mikey. Nick. Eric. And we are the Cue It Up podcast. First up, we said last week that we'd have a guest host this week. Mm. Uh, that person ended up having surgery and has hopped up on painkillers, so Nick McComish will not be joining us this week. We totally should have done it. He still would have done a better job than Mike. That would oh. oh, snap. Wait, better than who? No one. Exactly. No one Do you know Nick McComish? <laughs> I don't know. I know I'm the sure name. He's a cool guy. Um, all right, so guys, what have you been watching this week? Oh, I finished Daredevil. Worth it. Uh, Me so too. did Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you explain a little bit uh, about what you thought about the season of Daredevil? Um, I don't want to give anything away. But, Please don't, because uh, I keep it spoiler free. Yeah, I pretty much said everything I liked about it last time. Fighting, story's good. Does it end um, with a sense of completion? The end is satisfying. The whole arc I'll of the that. season is coherent and yes. very well done. Yes, I, it very it feels very much like it was written all at, at once. Yeah. Uh, and the the villain is one of the best villains portrayed yeah. for a comic book thing in it's a long, pain. long time. One of the things I've said about the show over and over is it's one of the few times you actually care about the bad guy. Yeah. It's pretty pretty well done. I The show that I'd love for you guys to watch is that one that I watched. Um, is it called Bloodlines? Bloodlines. Yeah. Oh, Bloodline. dude. Bloodlines is well, a slow burner, but holy cow. I haven't it started it, but... At 11 a.m. tomorrow, I'll text you and let you know that I finished Yeah, so why don't you... Uh, here, let me tell you my <laughs> how I found out that Eric had watched Daredevil. Uh, we... Was it podcasting last week? We talked about... Yeah, we talked about it on the pod, and I said that I hadn't started it yet, but it yeah. was in my queue. And then you even stayed late and finished the hockey game with me. You left about 11 o'clock or so, and then I went to bed. I woke up for work the next morning. I'd been working for about an hour... And I get a text message from Eric that says, I finished Daredevil. <laughs> he had not started it. He, he had not even started it when he left the house. episodes, hour long. How, how do you, like, at 6 a.m., are you not like, I guess I should go to bed right now? Well, at that now. point, I'm like, well, I got to finish it now. Right. <laughs> I did this a small you, Come uh, on, Jared, you're used to this. I don't know you if do. any, I never really heard anybody else say this, but did you, anybody happen to watch Netflix on April Fool's Day this year? No, no. They ran a series of like things that would come up and play if you just let your show like just lapse. Uh, something would come up, and there were like all these public service announcements, and they're like, "You should really go to sleep. Like, stop oh, watching." No. And they had like celebrities do them. I wonder if these are on YouTube because yeah, they might be. I I noticed it that day, and I just just like that's really funny that they're doing that. I think and, I was in Vegas. And no, then, I wasn't. Yeah, they were. They weren't there the next day, and then I all of a sudden I realized, oh, that must have been like an April Fool's day. Yeah. Thing they did. yeah. Mm. I do know that on the if you went to the main page for YouTube, any video that was on their main page took you to Rickroll. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know what a Rickroll is, just Google it. You'll yeah. you'll be enlightened. Uh, what else have you guys been watching this week? Anything? Well, I did fulfill our end of the agreement, and I oh, did yeah. watch Whoa. Daredevil. He watched. What episode did you watch? <laughs> well, see, what happened was... Our agreement was for the first episode. Yeah, well, this is what happened. Oh, gosh. Didn't see, apparently, wow. I don't know. I guess I started it when I was going to sleep, and I fell asleep in the middle of the episode, and not thinking anything of it, 
I, you know, a couple weeks later decided, okay, I'm going to go ahead and finally watch the first episode of Daredevil. Well, I go ahead and I just get on Netflix and just hit play, you know, resume. I use it off my phone. You didn't notice it said play season one, episode three or four or whatever it cut you off at? No, didn't know. Just hit play. And you thought like, wow, this show is just like starting right in the middle. I know. I was like, man, he's got a black eye. You would think that they would explain that, but no, they didn't. So, which but is funny because that show is better with that stuff of making sense with black eyes and cuts and bruises true. than about almost any show you'll ever see. Like, yeah. It's, yeah, it's serialized in a way that mirrors. That's one of the things I loved about it is it mirrors regular TV in that every episode ends in a cliffhanger style traditional ending. Yet, if say for instance it ends on a fight scene, the the next time the next episode opens up whatever wounds or punches he got in that, like he's hobbling the same, like all the consequences carry over episode to episode. It's really well done. I well, think the show is cool. I still am not sold on the whole Marvel thing lately. Like they've really turned me against them, but Mar- the Daredevil show looks awesome. It's got like a, I don't know what it's got on other stuff, but on IMDb, it's running like a 9.2 right now, which is, yeah, I've only talked to one or two people that have said that they've watched it and didn't like it. So, uh, you guys watch anything else good? Oh my gosh. Always oh, sunny. I gotta turn the ringer off. Always oh. Oh, sunny. Been what season are you on? Uh, me and the biggins are watching it. We're, I think season three or four. You still like it? Oh yeah, man. I dude, I love that show all the way to season nine. It's comedy with no redeeming qualities. So is Eastbound and Down. That's not true. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've yeah, ever watched Eastbound and yeah, it's not true. Eastbound and Down is a show about a man who wants to be good yet cannot figure out how to do it. Eastbound and Down is about four complete jerks. Uh, you got it. You just said Eastbound and Down again. Uh, what's the name of the show? Always Sunny. Oh, Always Sunny is the show about uh, four uh, jerks. You know what? That's not quite true. Uh, I don't know that that's quite true. No. Because Charlie. That's what I was going to say. Is Charlie is redeeming. Not. He's the idiot. He's the innocent idiot that yeah. does the horrible things, but like means well a lot of the time yeah. like all the time yeah <laughs> the other ones are horrible people and they yes. take advantage of charlie yeah yeah but charlie is the heart the of funny the thing is they are also very stupid yes that's true too but compared <laughs> comparatively charlie is even stupid yes that is also true yeah so yeah we're on like a, season three or four and uh biggins is loving it nice so uh, just wait but he's me. been watching them out like out of order though because he like I would I would watch him I would watch him out of order you know because I've already seen it and he would just come in and just start watching and laughing and at some point I was like you know if you like the show why don't we actually just watch it yeah so that's what we've been doing just wait till Uh, Mac gets fat (laughs) yeah that's so that was funny I I just the only thing I've ever found funny about the show the the funniest thing was his character does not ever acknowledge that he's gained weight he just like (laughs) kind of Talks about how big his muscles are getting. Yeah. <laughs> he did that too, like without being asked. He did it on. Don't purpose. believe that story. That's that's bull. He talked about it on. Come what on, you man. hear when celebrities talk to Conan O'Brien is not really but, reality, dude. It's a. I see it with dramatic this one. weight gain like, in between seasons. It like, looks ridiculous you, to the but, point yeah. where you'd almost have. But to But he's try trying to claim to that the show was not prepared for it that oh, wow. those other people that, didn't yeah. know that he was going to do it no they were just asking him why <laughs> he's like because it's funny i i do not believe that story. i believe it i don't know 
I don't know. I wouldn't believe yeah, it on, a, I mean, on a normal show, but on that show with the the guys that they have, I believe it. Well, he's one of the creators. You know that, right? Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. he's every basically all the main actors on that show are creators. Yeah. Uh, the only movie I've been watching this week, and I I've, I've been watching it in pieces because I've been busy. But um, have you guys ever tried to watch Barbarella? No. no. It's a Jane oh, Fonda. Oh, Jane Fonda. I don't know it's what on my you list. call it. It's, uh, Hi, Christy. You would hate it. It it's like. <laughs> It has the production values of a. St- <laughs> Why are you saying? Why are you doing that? Um, she walked by. Couldn't say. Couldn't dude, say Jane hi. Fonda drives around in a spaceship that is shag carpeted. Oh, that nice. sounds like my kind of movie. <laughs> this sounds like my kind of movie. Thank you a lot for. Uh, I hope that's not on Netflix. It, it is. On Netflix. It is. No one will pick Mikey. that movie. Are you sure about don't, that? Don't pick that movie. <laughs> what are you looking at me, Nick? Yeah. It it seems like a precursor to softcore. Uh, pornography, if you ask me, oh. it's not. But all of the tropes that would be I've prescribed seen the to opening it. to it because the opening sequence or whatever was like famous. Mm. No, yes. you're thinking is it then no. a different movie? Yeah. Isn't that yeah? It's the, yeah. The opening sequence is real famous because the one where she's, she's braided to... hair and running. I don't remember it. That's Bo Derek. That's Bo Derek. Never mind. I yeah. Won't. Yeah. yeah, that's Bo Derek in the movie Ten. Totally different. Uh, can there be a, di- a difference of movies in 10 and Barbarella? Mikey rules. Okay. <laughs> All right. I've been I think watching. that's about uh, it. What about um, you guys? I've been watching. When I say I've been watching, I watched two more episodes of uh, Danger 5. Oh, Danger it's, 5. I really just need to sit down. And, I don't I think, think so. We, yeah. I think we have. Have we? Briefly. If not, yeah. just uh, give a brief explanation of what Danger 5 is. Uh, Danger 5 is a show that is only, you know, like I said, a couple years old when they started it, but they shoot it to look like it's from the 1960s, like 1950s, 1960s style TV. And they do, a, like you told me about it, how they, the audio, like... Yeah, even though it's filmed in English, their dubbing of the English is all wrong. Yeah. And it's so perfect. Yeah. Like when you watch it, it's just so fun. And the humor is, is spot on. But what it is, is they're a like a spy team that are like, you know, composed of like people from five different countries and they are on a mission to kill Hitler. Every episode. Every episode. And it's no no shocker. Every episode Hitler gets away in a very mm-hmm. interesting way, we'll yes. just say. Yeah. Uh so it's basically historical fiction. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. yeah right. Yeah. But it's it's hilarious. And I gotta say I'm really starting to like or get excited about stuff that Australia and New Zealand are producing. Yeah, Australia. There are three things Uh, that we've talked about recently. There's this movie, The Babadook. There is, that we're going to talk about later, there is Short Poppies and Danger 5 are all coming out of like I don't know if I'll ever end up picking this movie. and I've recommended it to Nick before, but there's another Australian horror film on Netflix that is unbelievably funny. Uh, it feels very much like um, the Frighteners. It's called Housebound. Oh yeah, yeah. You told oh, me I've that. heard about it. Oh, <laughs> that movie is w- weird beyond belief. Speaking of Australian horror films, have you finished mine yet? I don't know which one you're talking about. What? I gave you three Australian horror films to watch. Patrick was one of them. Uh, Thirst was the other one, and I forget the third one. I never gave those back. No. Okay, it's well, we of, can talk about that off the air because I don't know where those are. We can figure that out some other time. <laughs> I, I, I'm starting to wonder if Australia as a country is purposefully trying to get their media out there because 
I had heard this movie, the movie we're doing today, The Babadook, was actually yeah. funded in part by the Australian government? Mostly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. Um, do you guys got anything else to add before we get into it? No. Mm. Oh, no. I was, I've was. i been watching on Planet Earth. It's it's breathtaking. Oh, yeah. I love those series, man. They put oh, the, me too. Uh, they put the BBC version on so you get David Attenborough instead of Sigourney Weaver, which I appreciate. I bought... David uh, Attenborough. What? I know who Richard Attenborough Well, he's is. his brother. Interesting. His that brother. David Attenborough is a very famous... He's just mostly famous for doing na- nature, nature documentaries. Yeah. Which his is probably voice. why I've never heard of him. Yeah. And then his brother is, you know, the famous director and also starred in Jurassic Park. He spared no expense. Yeah. All I right, didn't boys. Know they were brothers, actually. Yeah. I just thought, saw it was a coincidence. Interesting. Let's get into some Babadook. Got it all buffered up. Let's go. Okay, let's go. All right, the movie that I picked this week is The Babadook. came out in 2014. It is currently running at 98% on Rotten Tomatoes, and it was filmed on a budget of about $2.5 million, and it seemed to have well made that money back. Uh, box office-wise, it was like $4 million, but I think the most of this movie's money came from video-on-demand sales. Um, let's go around and give our star ratings. I'm going to give the Babadook four and a half stars. Mikey. I'll do four. Four. I'm going to say, I think three for me. Okay. Four. Four. Okay. Um, let's talk about what you did like about the film. You know what? Before we get into what we like, let's just, I think the one thing needs to be addressed before we actually dig into this film. Did anything supernatural happen in this movie? Um, I mean the the real answer. Uh, it can go either way, right? I, In I, your I, own head, what do you think? I like to think that it didn't, but like I watched it twice to, and partly to see. You wanted me to watch it twice with this one. You asked me to, and I went back and I didn't really feel I needed to, but I'm like, let me test some of these theories that I have mm-hmm. about can it be uh all in her head? Yep. Um. I think it still fits that way. There's a lot to suggest that it's not, but I'm someone familiar with the the idea of an unreliable narrator. Yeah. Um, much like the movie Fight Club, there, when it's presented from one character's pretty much from their perspective, you can't always trust what you're seeing because yep. it's skewed towards that. And to me, even if it's not actually supernatural, it's clearly a metaphor for what's going on with her and her issues that she's having, which yep. is what we can talk about as that goes on. But um, I like to think of it as nothing is going on, but okay. I can see it going either way. And I did read something where the director said they didn't decide that it's, they left it intentionally to be ambiguous. Yeah. Kind of like the, the Pulp Fiction kind of thing. It's, it's up to the audience to choose. Mm. Okay. Nick. Uh, I would say it was pretty open-ended one way or the other up until the, bowl of worms thing um at that point <laughs> the kid is giving her a bowl of worms and she's doing something with them in the basement yeah that one had to be explained to me if you're going to say that this all happened in her head so you're going with supernatural <laughs> yeah i guess so all right mikey <laughs> oh, it was definitely supernatural do you have a reason for thinking that though i've seen the x-files <clears throat> a few okay. times 
because Mikey wants to believe. I think that's what he's saying. I'm one to believe. Yeah, there you go. No, I, I would assume that it is most definitely. Uh, I don't think it was all in her head. I think it's a little bit too much to explain. Is it? I don't know. I think so. I don't know, man. Go back and watch. I mean, the, the kid was a terror. I mean, and then it yeah. seemed like after everything was done, he seemed to be fine. I mean, yeah, after that, his mom has a complete mental breakdown. Yeah, and he's fine when his mom actually starts trying to show him affection instead of, like, avoiding it. So it's that, it, that it's that she didn't show him affection is what caused this whole thing to happen to him? I, well, the whole thing with him make acting him out act like that? With him acting out is because he's basically grown up without understanding. He's responding to the, his social situation. Yeah. It's he lives the reason with one that person, one lo- person who is supposed yeah. to love him and doesn't show him love. The reason that that kid makes weapons and stuff like that is because he's responding to the idea that he is the man of the house, mm-hmm. that he, his mm-hmm. mom is someone that needs to be protected and stuff like that. Right. But didn't he see the Duke? Um, it, it could be interpreted as that he's responding to her craziness. Yeah. When he says the Babadook made, uh, did it when she finds the little pieces of glass in her bowl, you never know what that could mean because the child is already seeing monsters early on before she is either. So he's already used to the idea of playing with that type of uh, unreality. I don't know. It seems it seems like one heck of a stretch. It's so you're very, going with it is I'm supernatural. Going with it supernatural. I will tell you this: the first time I watched it, I was utterly convinced it was nothing, that it was all in her head, that not one thing supernatural happened. Upon second viewing, though, I I went the other way. I I think that something supernatural did happen. I think what happens is that in a complete uh, mental breakdown state, she became susceptible to uh, possession Some and something person. latched onto her. Um, I, again, I don't rule that out because as watching it the second time, I really saw where pretty much every scenario where you would go, well, this is going to prove one way or the other. I could take those scenarios and say, well, yes, that makes sense towards the possession, but also it still doesn't rule out the fact that this could be stuff that's going on in her mind or episodes that she's having or even a split personality where she's doing things that she doesn't remember later. Okay, let's get into that. That would explain the glass. The split personality the thing is, is a very important one because that's one of the things that initially occurred to me when I was watching the movie because did she write the book? Yes, I believe she did. Mikey? I disagree. The reason, the the evidence that I heard that was trying to back up the fact that she did write the book is she finds the book the second time, right? Yeah. She, the book has been changed. She takes it out and she burns that book. Yes. Well, no, first she, she tears it up. She doesn't yep. burn it right away. Her hands are filled with ink. Um, oh, yeah, you're right. But here's I the totally thing. Forgot about I that. looked for that specifically the second time through. Because even before that, though, one thing you got to point to is when they're at the birthday party for Claire's daughter, for the for the cousin. Yes. Okay? Uh, they say, oh, you know, what do you do? Like, oh, you know, I used to write. Oh, yeah, she used to write. Uh, she's like, I used to write articles and kids, kids stuff. Kids books. Yep. Kids she said, stuff. She yep. goes, I tried some kids stuff. So that's the first hint that she's dabbled in children's books. Yeah. Um, then... One of the biggest things is when she tears up that book, the standard horror trope is that that book comes back supernaturally mended. It's in perfect shape. It's not. It's taped together. 
Yeah. Like someone pulled it out of the trash, taped it up, and left it on the doorstep. Taped it up and then redid it too, though. Yeah, added more to it. Right. Now, the thing with the... I thought the same thing the first time, too, that that wasn't just charcoal from the barbecue, that that was ink on her hands. I will say this, though. When she picks the book up off the doorstep, I paused it to look at her hands. Her hands are clean. That's true. So she doesn't have the the ink until after it's it's after she re- reads it and then burns it is when her hands are like that. So you kind of wonder, but it's like I don't I don't feel that that's trying to say that that is ink on her hands. Maybe it's just sim- symbolic of her hands being dirty. Yeah, like she's in con- you know going to the police. And she has dirt on her hands, like, literally and I didn't think it was weird she tried to hide that when she was at the police station. She looks down at it. Yeah. That was and such then, a great And then, you know, scene. as she's in the police station, she starts seeing a vision of that oh, thing yeah. up against the wall and, and becomes suspicious that they're in on it or something. Um, let's get into what we really liked about the film. And I'll tell you this. From the outset of the film, I thought that I knew what I was getting when the movie started. And it was to do with that kid. I didn't see the trajectory of this film until a good portion into the film. It's one thing a mother trying to protect her child from something. When this movie turns on its head towards the end and it becomes the story of the boy trying to battle the demons of her his mom instead... I those there is some his uh, inner uh, Macaulay Culkin sure a la Home Alone. <laughs> there is some like when I think about like I don't think this movie is that scary altogether. There are some absolutely chilling moments of this film that when she looks at, and when she screams, "I am your mother!" Like that part, I thought about that for a couple days after you and I watched it. Like it, it really deep deeply gets me, and that you know. You go to another scene where she's sitting in that tub with the with her clothes on, and then the way she stands up in front of him and picks him up and puts that unsettles me as yeah. well. And if we're just going to start rattling off the things that frighten me, the scene with her husband down in the basement is one of the greatest examples of horror I think ever put the film. Uh, where she goes down the basement looks different, and then. There's just that shot of her husband standing there, which I'll tell you this looks a lot like the scene from The Shining. The whole movie, I was going to bring that up. The Shining and this movie have a lot in common. Overtones of The Shining. Yeah. Yeah. Um, One thing about that scene that you're talking about, too, when that happens, when when Sam runs downstairs, Mm -hmm. before that, you hear him going, wake up, mommy, wake up. And a lot of the stuff that we see happens... Right as her her eyes drift off, like closed, like there's multiple scenes where her eyes close, and then the craziness happens as she like snaps her eyes back. Yep. Like kind of the the camera kind of shakes a little bit. Yep. Um. There's even points where, when something crazy, one of the first times we see something crazy happening with Sam, while it's happening, it keeps cutting back and forth with her just rubbing her temple, like she just is thinking about something and has a headache. Like, yep. They definitely set it up where a lot of this could be going on in her head. Mikey, but, uh, did you watch the movie? Yes, I did. Why haven't you said anything? <laughs> I have said stuff. What do you think? What is it about the movie that you like? What is it that I liked about it? Yeah. Well, um, I do think that it was well pretty awesome. Now, the reasons why I say that is, oh. one, I'm gonna, I, I want to give the guy super props that did the sound mixing on this. 
the sound in this movie was awesome. It was very, very well done horror, you know, for the sound. They had very creepy sound effects. I think the music is very good, too. Yeah. But, I mean, I was, uh, the music, I didn't, well, I didn't. They did one thing like three times, and I loved it every time they did it. They did the creepy music, and then she did something on screen, and then the music just straight stopped. Like she shelves the book, Mm -hmm. the creepy music just stops. Like they do that like three, maybe four times in the movie where the it's just so creepy, and then something happens. Like there's one part where she's looking at the the people kissing, and the music's going, and as soon as they look at her, she snaps out of it, and the music stops. Like those abrupt. I don't know if that's normal in a horror movie. I don't watch a lot of horror movies, but it, I guess it, it felt pretty awesome. Uh, if we're talking about the aesthetics of, of the film, I think you guys are lo- overlooking the greatest thing about this film for me in that aspect is, guys, this is one darn good-looking oh, film. Yeah. How her house looks like a storybook, the color of her walls have a charcoal feel to them I was going to say they match like the that. book's color um, pretty much. The enti- yeah, I was going to say her entire house is gray and black. Yeah. Except for little sprinkles of red here and there. Burgundy. Yeah, burgundy, sure. Yep. Yeah. Which is very intentional because if you see red, it needs to be blood. Like, there is that moment when she's looking through the book. Oh. Like, that red is striking. Yeah, and that, that whole hard. scene where the, the, the paper popping out is yeah. acting out all the stuff yep. is so great. Yeah. Mm. Um. Let's see. I, forget. I had a point I was going to make. I don't know. Mikey, what else you got? Um, well, I mean, like you said, um, I mean, it was shot very well. Um, I mean, the acting was good. The kid was really good in it. Kid was pretty good most of the time. I thought oh, he was man. pretty doggone I, good. I think that's a bit of an understatement. I thought that kid was amazing. Yeah. I really did. I thought he did a wonderful job. I yeah. will say even some of the stuff that I didn't like with the kid wasn't necessarily the kid's fault. It was them giving him some dialogue that maybe was a little too on the nose or something at that point, which isn't the kid's fault. Like, the kid did a great job. He was creepy when he needed to be creepy. He was annoying when he needed to be annoying, and yet he was touching whenever he wanted to show affection towards his mom Like yeah. or, or frightened. Like, it was an amazing range from <laughs> how old that kid I, was. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. There was some – he had some dialogue that was a bit grown up for who, what, what he was is who he is yeah just too on the nose but he's also a kid who he's not living a kid's life no he's not even really around other kids and kids like that can surprise you so i just kind of chalked it up to that like when he's like you can't get rid of the babadook like (laughs) you know there's just some kind of times where it's just like i get what they're doing but it is a little like but wasn't that a line from the book i mean isn't he just repeating that line? The yeah, line, so. you can't get rid of the Babadook, also comes right towards the end where I don't trust anything from any character because it could just be what Her, she's seen. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Another thing that I liked about this film is that uh, it has a lot to say. Uh, this is not just a horror film with a bunch of spooky stuff happening. This is a person trying to meditate on how to get over grieving and she wrote a screenplay to do it right that is my favorite part. um yeah and i was gonna bring that up too it's obviously you know the metaphor for her grief it's i so guess are getting or depression or however you want to read it i guess and how that haunts her and 
how she can't get rid of it. I even love she it. She keeps all of the husband's stuff in the basement. Yes, and that's where the Babadook ends up staying. Yeah. She learns how to deal with it at the end, but it never goes away. It's, Which it's a pretty really much good any time they say Babadook in there, if you replace it with grief, it fits pretty yeah. much. Because it's just like everything. It's like the more you deny, like the stronger I get. Like that's so, that's her problem through most of the movie. What's led to her having this breakdown is that she keeps pushing away all her problems. Yeah. And doesn't address them. They even do a thing. Which is why this is a problem seven years later. Oh, yeah. You know? And they even do a thing that I liked, which at first I was like, well, what's the deal with her pulling out the tooth? And when I realized what it okay, was. The tooth is something I really wanted to get well, to. Well, you know what it's representing, right? Um, I would love to hear what you think on it. Because I, I, I've heard a couple different things that I could go with. Well, throughout the beginning of the movie, constantly during scenes, she does it a few different times. You can tell that her tooth is hurting her. Yep. All she does is just rub it and try and ignore it, which is what she's doing with her grief. It's what she does with every single problem in her life. If she doesn't address it, she goes into denial about it okay. and then just leaves it alone. Yep. And so then the, in the end... The scene when she's pulling out the tooth is she's in a state of where she is now... She's removing all of the pain and stress from her life. The dog that doesn't... You know, is yapping at her. Yeah. The tooth that's causing her pain. The son that's driving her nuts and reminds her of her dead husband that she doesn't feel like she loves like everything that is causing her. She's snapped at that point and is just removing all of the stress from her life. So like that scene where she just rips it out seems kind of out of place. But when you put it into context for like what's going on with her as a whole, like it's a nice little touch. Yeah. Um, Nick, what about you, man? Now you're, you're almost in between it. You still like it, but yeah, I like, I liked it for those aspects of this movie. I liked it for the metaphor. Uh, I thought that she did a really good job of that. Um, and even to the point of the having to vomit it up on the, you mm. know, on the floor, which was seen as striking. That one was disturbing to me. Um, I really liked the acting in this movie, but both her and the kid, I thought, were really good. She did an amazing job. I she thought. brought down the house. As far yeah, as yeah. House, I mean, she left it all out there. Uh, yeah, especially from an independent movie actor, she did. An I had never heard job. of her before. So. Yeah, no. Um, and like you said, the look of this movie was really cool. Uh, I might have thought that. Well, I don't want to get into what I didn't like, but. I thought the look might have been a tad gimmicky. It almost had a Tim Burton kind of feel to it at some point. It's like but I really appreciated mm, that lack of CG, man. It was well, so refreshing. Yeah. I'll give you that. No, I just mean like um the fact that her whole house is painted gray and black. I mean, who does that? <laughs> I couldn't kind of get over the fact that like, well, no wonder you're depressed. I mean, paint your house. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know. But yeah, no, it did make for a very. They uh, didn't take it so cool far as visual. to like put her in weird colored dresses. Well, and, no, like, yeah. all the stuff that like, would happen. Dark circles Burton. around yeah, her eyes like, and stitches around her neck or something. But oh, they yeah. definitely like when she was getting stressed That's out before true. she broke at one point, dude. Like when she goes in to talk to the police, like her eyes are like she looks like she has such like black rings around her eyes, and she looks so stressed out yeah. and worn out, man. Which is like whenever she finally like will sleep and you just see that look of like, you know, happiness on her face. She like floats down to her bed. 
Yeah. Uh, I was surprised at how much this movie revolved around sleep. Like, I mean, there's a lot of scenes of either her sleeping or her not not sleeping. sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where she's watching odd things on the TV yeah, and all and that. just staring all, not moving all night and just staring. Yeah. And talk about some weird freaking crap. What they had on TV oh. over there in New Zealand. Yeah. I don't think that's normal programming. Say, I highly doubt New Zealand. Or, well, uh, I wonder if she's going crazy. Uh, silent film <laughs> stuff on their broadcast channels. Well, maybe not, but still. Yeah, that They'd old black crazy. and white footage, like, and cut in with, like, the, the, the Babadook, Babadook. It, like, in there was... It was creepy. Like, I'll, it's rare that I would say something like that is creepy, but in the context of what was going on with the movie, it was like when you watch it, it gave a little shiver down my spine during yeah. like certain scenes. I will say that upon second viewing, I there was no point in this movie that I, it's not really a knock on it, but there was no point in this movie where I was scared the second time through. But it did get me the first time a few points. So, the thing that strikes me the second time through was the. I, I'm guessing that's wings coming out towards the end. What What is your representation of it that? It looked like feathers on it as it stretched out. And like, the house is crumbling around her. And I don't, there's something to, like, I don't, I'm a big Silent Hill fan. That scene reminds me of Silent Hill. Oh, that's too bad for you. They just canceled uh, Silent, nah, Silent Hills. Hills. Let's not talk about that. Yeah. Poor dear. Yeah, it's the only reason I saved up and bought a PS4. Uh Bummer. Yep, it happens. Mm. Uh, what did you guys not care for in the Babadook? I- I'll say this. The fact that Eric actually said something that I knew was right, but I had not found it for myself. I knew that the filmmakers had not committed either way. That, And to me, that's a problem. I didn't read an official article on that, but when I was reading, was people saying that? She so you that. never heard Jennifer? I didn't Penn go say this. like watch the interview or whatever where she said that. So it's possible that's not true. But I tried to read some stuff about it, like after it was done, um, trying to confirm some things that I had suspicions of. Well, what I would say is that this film would be stronger if it committed either way. You think? I think so. I actually kind of like the ambiguity. Like, yeah. it gives you something to talk about. It gives you something to wonder about. It makes it harder for in my mind to nair, nail down what I'm supposed to be seeing. You know what, though? Like, I don't Lost care if the whole movie is... Question, man. Like, say again? Like, shows like Lost, you know, weren't meant to answer every question. I'm Leftovers fine with that. I'm is fine not going to answer every question. Um, what I'm okay with in TV shows and what I'm okay with in movies is a little different. I don't know. Um, I don't know either. I don't know, man. I disagree. Well, I actually, you know what it I, is? I actually liked it that they didn't. I, re- I can really tell you what it is. If Jared doesn't understand the movie fully, he can't write the entire sequel in his head. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. He doesn't know the that's starting true. point. Oh, I know where it goes. Oh, I, oh. I hope that they don't make a sequel to this movie. She uh, said that she's not. Thank God. She. Another thing that I read, like she, uh, paid, like put in extra money to own the rights to it so oh, that nice. no one, the studio couldn't make a, yeah. like so that yeah. no one could just That's make good. a sequel. <laughs> good. good for her. I will tell you this. Uh, this is a first-time writer-director, guys. Yeah, it's impressive. I I don't want a Babadook 2, but I definitely want to see what she does yeah. next. Well, the thing is, if you make a Babadook 2, the whole metaphor of this grief gone. thing yeah. is gone. Yeah. And that leaves you with, and well, in my opinion, not a whole lot. Yeah. No. But I haven't gotten to that. All yet. right. Well, what did you guys not like about it, though? Uh, I'll go first since I had the lowest rating, sure. I guess. Mm. I thought the metaphor worked really great. I didn't think there was much else to this movie. 
Like, I don't know. Maybe I just don't get it. I'm Do you not, not feel the person. emotional connection between the boy and the I, mother? I don't really. I, it didn't really strike with me that she kind of seemed to just not like him. Like, there's something in there where she cares about him or he's at least a responsibility. I don't know, man. You can definitely tell that he is really worried about her and cares about her. She just seems really caught up in herself the whole time. That's not even really an issue. I think she's barely keeping it together. Well, yeah, that's obvious. And the th- the th- he is a daily reminder of everything that she's lost, and I think she feels completely guilty about the way that she treats her son, yet has no ability to not treat him that way yeah. because we circle around. He reminds her of everything that she's and lost. And if it wasn't for him, you know, for her having the husband drive her to the hospital to give birth to him, mm. they wouldn't have had that accident. That is one dark, like, deeply depressing thought. Dark and deeply depressing, this movie did very well. What I thought it did not do very well yep. was horror. Like, to me, I don't know. There was yep. not really anything frightening in this movie. A lot of the scenes of the Babadook didn't scare me that much, but the scenes of her losing her sanity or holding the knife and yelling back at him were the ones that were just creepy. Well, sure. In a monster movie, yeah. it's always the humans that are the real monsters. The good horror films. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, if you want to talk about something like that, Rosemary's Baby. The it greatest was, horror film of all time? It was, yeah, and I guess it's probably not a very fair comparison. What are you all looking out the window? Christy's leaving. Christy's oh. leaving. I had to wait to her. <laughs> like talking to myself over here. Uh, no, that's all right. Yeah, shut up, Mike. Hmm. Um, no, I don't even remember. What Rosemary's I was Baby. Oh, yeah. We're, but what that movie has is like this impending sense of doom. Yeah. I, I didn't feel it in this movie. I will say this. If you're expecting any horror film to live up to Rosemary's well, Baby, that's you will be disappointed every time. <laughs> that's fair. But like even like uh, movies we've done on here, like House of the Devil, yeah, it did that very well. I was like on the edge of my seat. I think what worry. you like about House of the Devil is the House of the Devil has a very fun atmosphere to it. Yeah, that's true. Which I think makes because I know you don't traditionally like horror, so the fun aspect of House of the Devil makes it easier for you to swallow the horror. Yeah, maybe. Uh, to be honest, though, in this movie, I just didn't feel the horror at all. Well, in fact, how about... Oh, really? There was, I mean, there was a little bit of it up until you actually see the Babadook for the first time when he's over her bed. Yeah. And after that, I was like, well... But like I said, the I, scary I things nothing. for me was the mom, the way the... Like, not the Babadook itself when you would see it crawling yeah, on the walls. Okay. Or, it was when she would, like, react real creepily and you knew that, like, it was heading towards where she was, whether it was going to succeed or not, try to kill him, try. Like, when she's just, like, apologizing to him, and she's like, I want you to meet your dad. Like, I, you know, it's it's so nice there. Like, just, Nick, that scene in the basement know, with the husband, yeah. that does not strike you as, like, a horror? No, not really. I mean, oh. what was horror about Mikey, that? help me out. You're the other horror aficionado. I have to just assume that she's hallucinating her, her husband. Maybe. Well, either that or, or whatever. it's the Babadook. Or it's the Babadook taking the least scary form it can possibly take. I will well, disagree with right, you on that. Right, but what happened? For what about her, that dead husband is a much more because horrifying Because he's repeating the, yes. the words that he said as he died. Yeah, that's another... You know what? I didn't catch that until the second time around. There's that whole thing about, um, do you think it's going to rain? 
He's oh, repeating. Yeah, okay. Like that's the, the stuff that happened that he, before right he died. Before the yeah. That's before one of those accident. things. Was like, oh, that, and this is a nice touch. Doesn't make it scary for me. Like, no, I don't know. Um, what well, I'm trying to say is that it's horrifying for her though because she spent her whole seven years avoiding thinking about him and just pushing away the problems. She locked everything in the basement. Uh, when her sister's like, oh, you know, you can't, you can't, you still won't get over him. She's like, I am it's over him. It's been seven she goes, years. I am over him. I don't talk about him. Mm. Like, sis- that sister was horrifying. What a terrible, terrible yes. sister she is. But you know what? On the flip side, I have to feel guilty because I think I would think the same thing. Yeah, Here's the thing. She wasn't like that point. maybe after year one or year two. But after seven years of Fair it, she's because I know, like I've I've dealt with other like friends that could not get over past girlfriends, and at some point you just got to be like, dude, get over it. And don't you think that person wants to? But and that's what I, yeah. you know, I her friends were jerks. I get that, but oh, I think the sister just awful. doesn't know what to do with her sister anymore because she's a problem. Her child is a holy uh, wreck. Which I think obviously has to be an outward sign of her own life falling apart, oh, yeah. you know? Yeah. <sighs> Mikey, what do you think? Is this film horrifying or not? Is it horrifying? No. Um, did it have some scary moments? Yeah. It What's didn't. the scariest moment to you? I didn't really have a scariest moment. I liked the thing that what I noticed, and this is why I brought up the sound mixer or whoever did all the sound for this is whenever I would get scared was whenever they were just, I mean, nailing, I mean, it really, honestly, it had nothing. The visual element helped, but it was the sound that, I mean, that was the, the one thing I just, I just though. wasn't, How about sound plays nothing into was horrified. Nothing was sitting there making me want to go. I want to cover my eyes. Cause I'm Let scared. Me say something everything before I, forget. I, I wanted to watch. Let me say something before I forget how refreshing it was to watch a horror film. Where there is not one jump scare. I was going to say the same thing. There's not yeah. the jump scares. There's yeah. just things jumping out. At um, but the jump scares are kind of, I don't know, they're not They're not really as about, prevalent as they used to be. How about when be. the door, when the thing opened the door and then scuttled into the, the shadow? Yeah. That one I was like, that was one of the few times that the actual Babadook, yeah. not when he came on the ceiling, but like when he opened the door and you just he see him what? scuttle into the shadow. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was like, ugh. I think by that point I had convinced myself that this thing isn't even real. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Honestly, yeah. I was most scared, and since Mikey brought up the sound, I was most scared at the pounding of the door. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. When that's you, always good. I guess it's the unknown. When it, there's something that's just completely unknown to me, and it starts doing stuff, that's scary to me. But once I saw the Babadook on the ceiling, I was like, eh. It's kind of like... When you see Jaws. Or House After of the you Devil. see it, yeah, I mean, it's still frightening, but it's not nearly as frightening as it was when it was nothing. Just something that would take people down under the ocean. <coughs> yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I, I would have thought that it would have been a lot more scary. It just didn't. I don't know. Maybe I've just seen too many horror films and it doesn't bother me anymore, but it just. Who's, who directed The Exorcist? William uh, Friedkin. <laughs> I know what you're doing. He has gone on record to say that this is the scariest film ever made. Well, I'm sure he was laughing all the way to cashing his check. But, I I mean, I don't know. I, I definitely, the scariest movie of all time, absolutely I not. I can't see that one. I, I your, mean, your exorcist director, the guy that directed the scariest movie of all time to you, says that this movie 
beats the living crap out of his movie. So, therefore, he is right. Well, Stephen <laughs> King said that The Evil Dead was the most ferocious, gruesome film of the entire Stephen year. Stephen King liked this movie, too. Well, I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I'm just saying it's not scary. It's not... There's scary parts, but it's not scary. It's probably why I liked it so much is that it wasn't just about trying to scare you. It actually had a message. Um, I kind of felt like it well, wasn't at all about trying to scare you, though, and they kind of sold think, it as a horror movie. I think they and had see, those and that, moments. And that may have been a problem with it, too, is because at some point, and I do, I do agree... You know, at some point you're sitting there and you're going, is this all going on in her head? And I don't know if maybe just because you're sitting there asking yourself that question, maybe it doesn't scare well, you. Here's because the thing. Because you're starting to think, okay, I'm not watching no. The Exorcist here. I'm watching Fight Club. Here's the thing. Even if it's going on in her head and the crazy things she's seeing aren't real, she's still reacting to them with a real knife with really killing the dog. Like she is still reacting to the things that may not be real to what she's seeing. By doing really dangerous things. Like, she really did kill the dog. She really did hold that knife. She really did get stabbed in the leg. Which, when we're talking about things we don't like, is actually what I don't like about the movie. Is that it's so unrealistic that that kid is going to be, like, have bruises all over his neck. The mom's going to get stabbed. They've already gone in and questioned, like, the, you know, the mom and seen, you know, some weird stuff going on. And then it's just swept under the rug at the end where... Oh, you know, careful with your mom's leg. Like, that didn't feel yeah. quite realistic to me if you're going to play that off as, as something really happening. Now, I do get that they were just trying to show you that not everything that happened was, like, fake. Like, even if it was in her mind, there were things going on. Like, she did get stabbed, like I said. Right. You see the dead dog at the end of the when the, the, the garden, when it's showing up. I love that yeah. shot of seeing the upside-down yeah. dog buried in the ground. Yeah. Like, yeah. So when you say that nothing is going on, that there's no danger, I don't see how you can say that because no, I'm not she did that. almost I'm, kill her son. I'm saying that you're questioning on what you're questioning whether or not all this is going on in her head. So what's to say if she kills that person or she kills her son in, in her So head, I think the ambiguity did not work for you. It probably didn't, but I do. But the one thing that I did like about the movie is I didn't really know what was going on till the end. I mean, well, I mean, the end, I kind of made my own. I mean, really, they don't seal it off. I was really hoping towards the end of the film that they would give me some form of a tell to tell me which way to go. That's kind of what I took the bull of worms to be. But But she could just be setting those bull of worms on it. To me, the bull of worms is just more metaphor that she's able to, she's acknowledged her problem and has learned how to cope with it, but it's right. never going to go away. Yeah, I mean, it def- definitely furthers the metaphor, but the fact is the kid is collecting those. Yeah. So it's but, somebody outside of herself doing it. But he's not seeing what happens. Yeah, he's not seeing what happens. She could go him. into her that's crazy true. state and take the, the, the worms away when he's done them, throw them in the trash. Like, you don't know. Now, one thing that's awesome about those worms is not just that she's acknowledging that she has a problem even though she's still locking it away she's at least acknowledging that it's there yes. and working on it right yep. why do you think it's worms there's a specific reason why it's worms yeah i couldn't quite figure out like if i'm tracing the metaphor through that it's why would you be feeding your grief horrible things well like, i don't know I didn't it's her grief which basically represents the memory of her dead husband right yeah so what do you what happens with you know, gotcha. family members or, or things when they die and you bury them, their body is worm is, food. Yeah. They're, they're eaten by worms and it destroys what is left of them. So in a sense, by her feeding worms to it, She's it's like acknowledging that I'm slowly letting this thing dis- disappear. I like it. All right. 
Um, or at least letting the natural order of things order of things take place. A.O. Scott okay. from oh, the okay. New York Times gave a review of this movie, and his little blurb I thought was, to me, what perfectly sums up this film, and it's, you will be scared and also, perhaps even more scarily, moved. That's a ringing endorsement for a horror film yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, this movie is, I think, more concerned about telling a gripping story about grieving and loss mm-hmm. than it is yeah. about scaring you. Absolutely more. Yeah. And you know what? My vote probably doesn't count for much. I think this is what I don't get about a lot of horror movies. Like, I'm just not scared by them generally. So I don't Yeah. Um, I've become less and less scared of them in my older age, but... Every once in a while, something will pop up. Yeah, every now and then. I... Blair Witch Project, uh, oh. Paranormal Activity. Yeah. Yep. I never saw Paranormal Activity. Huh? Have you never seen any Paranormal Activity? Nah, never. I, I think one is two. fantastic. Can we, can we do this? <laughs> do what? Can we show Nick Paranormal Activity? And will you watch uh, Game of Thrones? What? Ah. You, mean I, you mean I have to watch something just so I can get you to watch something that you want and... Help him watch something that he, he will watch like. Paranormal Activity, not at all. In fact, well, now you're just saying Nick that is probably tripled no, the amount of horror I, films he's ever seen by doing this podcast. That's yeah. pretty much true, <laughs> um, Mikey. I will say, I will show to demonstrate to you how much I don't want to see Paranormal Activity. I'm pretty sure I had a relationship not work out because of Paranormal Activity. Explain. I want Explain. to hear this. Uh, so we had decided. <laughs> <laughs> I had decided. I went out with this girl. We kind of had gone out a couple times, and she wanted to go see a movie. And I was like, well, we can go see what's out. And she, there was, like, nothing out except Paranormal Activity. And she's like, how about that? And I was like, yeah, nah. Nah. I have to rethink and this. And we kind of ended up doing nothing <laughs> instead. Awesome. And I think that was kind of the last uh the last, that was uh, it. You just couldn't date, do it, could really? you? No, couldn't do it. Man. You just couldn't swallow but, your pride and watch Paranormal Activity? That's me, man. But yeah, you're going to watch it with Jared some at some point in your life. <sighs> I don't and probably know. me. Jared, don't... It depends on... No, no we're trying to get you to do stuff with us. He's yeah. actually doing a trade. He's not doing a trade. You're doing a trade. We're, I'm saying we should No, get he together. wants you to watch Game of Thrones, too. Trust me. Nick wants you to watch Game of okay. Thrones. But I'm not going to... Okay, so how many episodes do I have to watch, or do I just have to watch the entire show? We can figure this out some other time. Anyway, I think we need to do this. I just like to out you for how you try to not I've hang not, out with Mikey. Me sometimes. I've not seen uh, Paranormal Activity either. You can liar. Know. You saw two. I saw two. Why did you show him two first? I didn't. It wasn't I wasn't him. there. You were there that night. I Wait, didn't watch it. No. I thought he was there. That I, night. I I know. That Andy was a Cardinals Dave, game or something. Uh, Amanda yeah, during the Dan. 2011 World Series. Yeah, no, I don't um, know anybody. Hey, uh, I wasn't there. I was there. Babadook, Nick. Just uh, we are uh, still uh, recording a podcast. Here, yeah, guys. <laughs> that's true. I'm sorry. Wait, like, what? No, no, no. I will say this to quantify why I don't think that Jared thinking paranormal activity means that it's actually scary. Jared gets scared by uh, ghost adventures. <laughs> mm, that's true. Wow, he so really does. That I can says feel, a whole lot for I the paranormal condescending ghost. attitude right now <laughs> so jared how's that pillow ghost beer? how's that pillow jared whatever mm-hmm. all right folks what else we got to say about the babadook i i got nothing else i I, I think i think that it was a very a very good shot um i think she what what do you what do you give me that look for i'm just excited about something what keep going no now while you're giving me that look no oh keep gosh. going it's no big deal Talk, all right Mikey. ladies all right on. so anyway so yeah, I think it was a really good movie. Yep, she really tried hard. 
Um, if she wasn't, if she was trying to scare people, she really tried hard. Sounds like the worst compliment does. of all time. It's a backhanded. Well, compliment. I don't. Well, I don't mean it as a mean. She wasn't compliment. that terrible. I'm just saying. I think she tried hard. It, it depends on what she was going for. If she was trying to scare people to death. I don't think that she quite, you know, succeeded in that. I don't think that's what she was trying to do. Then, in that case, she probably succeeded in. I think whatever this she was trying is exactly what she, she won't come out, out and do. say it. So, I mean, you know, whatever. But, I was hoping there was a commentary track on the movie. I was going to go out and rent the Blu-ray on it, but there was not. Well, let me throw this one last thing out. I think this movie would may have been a little bit more terrifying to me had the Babadook actually done anything. Yeah. That was one thing that kind of stood out through the movie. He, the, I'll greatly disagree with you. The on monster this one. didn't really do Except anything. Except impose its will on her. Right, but it all comes out in her actions like... Why give it a body? You know what I mean? Like, why give think it about a physical? Have a body, think I'm about guessing. that body, I mean, technically, too. the Babadook did kill the dog. Uh, I, not yeah. only that, but I would assume even the form that we see of the Babadook. And let's just let's go off on a tangent that the Babadook yeah. is real. Okay. She's only seen what she re- visually represents as something terrifying to her. Well... Did it wear, I don't think was that's... Was it wearing her husband's clothing, by the way? No, but it was basically representing the what the child like was into like it wore magicians clothing that's right okay because the husband right. was a violinist and i did look in the basement like i looked for that stuff to see if he had babadook clothes in there never once did i ever see any of his stuff that looked babadook like at all there was similar stuff but not not the hat and like all that but the kid is wearing capes he's wearing hats right. like he's fascinated by like the magic and what did you take too with the when he pulls off the trick with like the dove Oh man, I don't know. I the, even the second time through, I was like, I still don't know what in the world this is. He I was will... communicating with the Babadook. The Babadook hooked him up with the dub. I of... that idea occurred to me. I, I don't see anything whole... in the film to back up that claim. Yeah, though. but how does he get a what live do dove out of a? I'm getting riled up. That pretty much just proves that it wasn't all in her head. The kid claimed to have had something to do with the Babadook, and obviously with the white dove. Dude, did he have the shining? What? Nothing. I, th- I, I think I, you're making a reach there. Right? I'm reaching a little bit when I say this. Sorry, this we're is, doing a podcast. This is it. a little bit of like interpretation. I'll tell too, him he's right? reaching too. Right? Good. I'll, I will too. So, <laughs> as she is ignoring the memory of her look husband. Look at my hands. Look at my hands. Yeah. But as she is ignoring the memory of her husband, right? Yep. She's also ignoring the legacy of her husband, which is the son. Now, they say multiple times, too, that he's just like his father. So, in a way, like, when he, like, multiple times early in the movie, like, he tries to cuddle up on her, and, like, you know, like, he gets too intimate, she pushes him away. Like, when he falls asleep, she pushes him away and scuttles to the side of the bed. At one point, he says, I love you, Mommy. She doesn't say, I love you back. She says, me too. Like, she's just constantly not acknowledging any affection for this child. Now, as like the, the movie goes on and we start to realize what he, the Babadook represents and the grief of her husband at the end, like when she goes down and is like calming it and stuff, like in a way it's like, she's showing affection also for like the legacy of her husband, which on the, when she's out doing stuff with her child, she's showing aff- That's why like, even though we see him shooting the stuff, He's doing magic trips. He's mommy, 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 look at me. He's not doing it in the Don't annoying look at, there's way. There's nothing in his hands, though. Yeah. 
Uh, he's not doing it the way he was doing before. Like it's not as angry. It's not. It's it's much more controlled and more of a normal kid kind of thing. And she's accepting of it. She's not saying put your toys away. She's saying great shot. She's hugging him. She's doing all this stuff, which in okay. turn, like he's reacting to. Um. So like when I think of the Babadook, like it's dressed like her child, like in a way. Like I mean, it's wearing magician's clothing. It's doing very magical things. Like. When that's to me like when he slides the, the bowl to I'm like to me that's like represent uh, representing like magic, right? It's okay. magical that he does. So it's like then you see the child doing pseudo like magical things. So like her mental representation of that thing is now like, it's become kind of a an uh, amalgamation. Yeah, of her husband and her son. Um. Well, so I'm you got to gotta look on your face, Jared. Like <laughs> Mike, he's looking at me. Like, you're reaching. I'm not. Yeah, as I say, I don't reaching. care for any of this. Uh, no, I, I get what you're saying. It's the Babadook to her is kind of a mixed together form of her husband and her son. Yes. it's the it's all the things in life that are wearing on her, and she's finally acknowledging it and accepting it for I, what it is. Then let's at the end of the film. From out of the darkness, it looks like wings are being spread out, and her house is crumbling. To me, because there's a part in the first part of the book where it says, if you see what it really looks like, you'll go mad or something like that. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm guessing what is ev- what is coming out of there is the real, the real representation of what the Babadook is. What is that? Uh, it does strike me that wings. It looks like to me. It looks like angel wings are coming out. But yet black. Yeah, and then demon. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it well, did strike me that the kid also. What a has couple of minutes later also. has the 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 bird. Yeah. with the wings. Which that's. I mean, I I didn't quite make that connection with it, but when I saw the bird wings, that when it was in her room, the black bird wings. Yep. One of the things that I tried to to. Uh, equate that to is like the sense of like a raven or like a bird that like said had you know this dark bird that is like historically intertwined with the image of death sure and so it's like that's all i really took it as with the wings like for me was that it was like a symbol of of death which like a raven kind of fits into that yeah. i don't think raven i was reaching that far was i reaching that far nick you're that's the referee not, that's not far reaching I see what you're saying. It's it's I mean, very popular. Only because you guys agree we're, on everything. We're talking about a movie that's the whole thing is, is metaphor. metaphor yeah, <laughs> uh, and that's so true. I don't think you can say there's. Well, that's just too much metaphor. I mean, they're, they're, she put wings in it, man. I don't know what to tell you. So, speaking mm. of the kids' uh, magic tricks, yep. they did something in the movie too that I loved. They used his obsession with magic to further the plot with the pill when the pill when he does sleight yeah. of hand on the pill yeah. i loved that it was such a nice little touch because it's one of those things if you're going to give somebody that's what they say when you're writing a book or movie if you're going to give somebody a skill like let them use it to advance the plot at yeah. some point when he doesn't take the pills sometimes i can backfire like in jurassic park 2 when his daughter is a gymnast <laughs> Gosh. So not all the time should you do that. Or uh, the Mighty Ducks movies, like whoa, whoa, when they have skills whoa. that they use specifically whoa. on the trilogy. Let's not hate on the original Duck Commanders. <clears throat> the, the, all right. the original Duck Dynasty. The original I've, had Duck Duck, Dynasty. Uh, I've had the Duck Dynasty in my mind recently just because wow. uh, Fulton Reed from there is one of the main characters of Daredevil. 
which Nick did not realize till afterwards. He's like, no, oh my yeah, God. I oh, wow, I that is him. Yeah, yeah that's Foggy a, that Nelson. Was exactly yeah, my Foggy. reaction. Foggy yeah. Nelson. Well, we've is gotten to Mighty name. Ducks, which probably means we should probably wrap this up. Yeah, right? I think so too. <laughs> All right, uh, Mikey, do you want to know what I was excited about? Uh, no. <laughs> Mikey never wants to hear that you're excited. Are you sure you don't want to know why I'm excited? Nick. Is it X Files related? I think I know what it is, but I'm curious to hear. Nick, what's our pick for next week? I got one. So oh. Got one. Oh. 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 That's what I was excited oh. about. It occurred to me that Nick probably didn't have a pick. No, yet. I definitely no. have he one. He does because remember last time he thought it was he yep. was panicked and picked one. Yep. I have deliberated about this one. Okay. Uh, it's come down to a true basement movie. All right. The 1999 classic, mm-hmm. Three Kings. Three nice. Kings, baby. Another David O. Russell. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So until next week, we'll be uh, coming back with a podcast on Three Kings. There is something that we need to make very apparent now. This will be the Babadook episode that you're listening now is the last episode that will be on the old feed. Yay. So... Going forward, if you want to listen to the podcast on Three Kings or if you want to just keep up on the zany things that comes out of Mikey's mouth, you need to go to the new feed, click subscribe, give us a rating or review on that feed. We would greatly appreciate it. Mikey cries to me all the time asking why we don't have more reviews. Thanks, Dave, for the one that we do. And so until next week, cue it up. Mikey, didn't you make a big enough fool out of yourself on your phone last week? I'm sorry. Did something happen last week? Did you listen to the episode? Hmm? Did you listen to it? No, because it's not on <laughs> Stitcher. <laughs> oh my. Uh, basically, you agreed that you would leave the show and let Nick McComish take your place, but you weren't paying attention to any of it, so you just started agreeing to stuff. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Right. Right, right, right. You knew that, right? Yeah. Right, right, right. right. This is Mikey signing off. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> Baba. Duke. 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 I'm ready when you boys are. All right. <clears throat> ready? Am. You know the name of the movie this time? I do. Okay. <laughs>